Let us sing for the joy of the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God. All right, good morning, everybody. Let's all stand. You know, I'm going to pray here, and I'm just so thankful that God led us through the storm again, right? And some of us came through a little better than others, but, you know, I just want to thank God that he got us through the storm and that wherever there's problems in life, you're there. You say, Lord, where two or three gather together, that you will be there. So we just ask for your presence today, dear Lord, to allow your light to shine through us, to be a witness to those out there by Wilford by the sea that are still suffering dear Lord some property damage some house loss and you know some of us also have been through times where we've lost everything and all we had was Jesus and we found out that Jesus was all we really ever needed and as we go through times like this of loss and property loss we know that you're a God that restores that cares but Help us be an encouragement to those. Help us be a witness to, to strengthen them and help them in their household uh, to be the Christian that you've called us to be. So be with us today, dear Lord, that you are there. Your presence is here. Show us the way. Lead us in your paths. For you are the God of our salvation. And you we put our trust in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we go.
to this place today to save you, forgive you. Jesus, thank you, Lord.
As we come to a time of prayer, uh, if this thing's too echoey, let me know. I'll get a handheld. Uh, sometimes it, it's tough to, to come to church because you want to be the church together. So I'm going to do things a little bit differently as we come to prayer today. I want to, hey, Jaron. Uh, if you want to be prayed for, I want us to do that today. You know, and actually, you all you all can stop with the music uh, and everything. I, I don't want this to be a showtime. I want us to just be together as followers of Christ, as a family. Not to say that you guys aren't good, but I just want us to be here together in the presence of Jesus. And if you want to be prayed for, if you want to pray out loud, if you want to share something, I want us to be able to do that right here. So, uh Kimmy's parents, right? Great to have you in town. I hear they put you through the ringer and uh, tourist stuff. All right. But a great time to come visit, right? Uh, any of you have any damage besides uh, Butch, who was living in an aquarium for a little while? And so, uh, anybody else have any storm damage that we can help out with? Or, um, yeah, our city's seen quite a bit down on the pier. Yeah. Saw hand back here. You all did. Anybody who thinks they may be able to be of help to Roger throughout the week, uh, raise your hand, Roger. Find him afterwards. We've got to be more than just, this is horrible to say, we've got to be more than just prayer. God wants us to be people of action as well. Yes, ma'am.
personally want to thank a lot of you who, uh, we weren't here last week, Mandy had a, a death in the family, so we went to Michigan to be with the rest of the family, and, but many of you were very, very gracious and giving uh, during Pastoral Appreciation Month, and I haven't got a chance to say thank you to all of you, but I really want to thank you all. Um, it just, it feels weird to say this, but it, it feels good to be loved, so, and we all, some of us forget what that's like, uh, but thank you, thank you so much. Anybody else? No, anything you want. When you said you would tell everyone who wants to get back to that place of praise and worship, so what tell me that that place is not that place? Is there any other Baptist community that wants to come back to that place? I have experience of that place, but I've never actually gone there. Most people don't go there. They don't go to Stanley Place for that. Mm -hmm. That's a tough word to speak. That's good. Anybody else? No time limit today. No. One thing this congregation is good for is they know a lot of people around here. So, hopefully someone... Know so they can connect you somewhere, and uh, we'll be praying. Anybody else? Yes, yes, sir. I know anything, you, you were a pastor as well, correct? Yeah. So you're a well-rounded Christian. That's good. That's good to hear. That's good. What's your name, sir? Steve. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you mind if I do something? Uh, it used to be normal. It's not anymore. Do you mind if we gather around you and pray, please? Anybody who, who believes in healing prayer or wants to believe in healing prayer, how about that? Come in and let's see what Brother Steve. Father, we thank you so much for, uh, for this family. Uh, we thank you for Timmy and Dusty and the, the people that have been so influential in their lives that they are now sincere followers of you, Jesus. Lord, I especially pray right now for our brother Steve. Uh, I don't understand your ways, God, because I don't always, but I do know that you love him. And I pray for healing. I pray for comfort. Now, I don't know if these things come in this life or not, Lord. And we do have certainty in the next. But Lord, sometimes here on earth, we just want some, some comfort and assurance when things are tough. But Lord, we believe in your healing power. We know that you heal minds, that you heal body aches, that you heal paths of, of nerve waves. All these things that we're just starting to get a glimpse of. You know intricately as you came up with these things. So, Father, lay your, lay your hands on him. Let his testimony be greater than ever as he preaches about you and your love and your healing power. Lord, I pray for the others in here who are feeling physical pain, who are suffering. Lord, we want to be obedient to you. Lord, we also want to we want to feel pain gone sometimes. And through thick and thin, Lord, we follow you. But we do ask for mercy on these on these subjects. But I, I do thank you for taking care of our children. Lord, uh, along with Mary, I I pray, Lord, for our children that we will see them follow you near or far. That today and then for years that they will be in line with your love, with your will, and that the world might be more of how you dream of it being because our children are ambassadors of your love, your goodness, and your forgiveness. Father, we do have a lot to be thankful for, and even though it's hard to see, I also must say you have not failed us. There's been failure in my worldly terms and my incomplete understanding. But Lord, we praise you in all things. We praise you as we seek you and know that we can trust you and we can depend on you. We praise you today and forever, Father. In all things, amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, I think, Timmy, I think you're up to... Yeah, so... Uh, Timmy, I gotta say, second best drummer I've ever seen. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, I say second because when I was uh, when I was in high school, I, I don't know if I should admit this, I went to a Def Leppard concert, and that, and that guy only had one arm, so it's hard to beat that. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right, I'm remembering to hold the mic up closer this week. The more I do this, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> Uh, so now is the time of our service where we pass the peace with one another. Um, you know, that's just where we acknowledge that we're right with God and we're right with one another. And this is just a time where we can all embrace each other and just welcome each other. Um, so let's go ahead and do that now.
give people a couple minutes to get to their seats. Oh, am I supposed to introduce myself again? Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. I get my talking from somewhere, you know. <laughs> All right, so now we're uh, coming to the time where we'll go over our announcements for the week. Um, so we're getting ready to start our Advent series. Um, series. I'm not sure when that starts. Do you know, Jason? Um, I haven't been given a time on when it exactly starts, but we have the books in for it now. Um, they're in the back back here, and I believe it's $10 for one copy and $15 for two copies. Um, so if you would be interested in starting doing the Advent Bible study, you're more than welcome to get a book in the back, and then we'll probably have some more information on that when Garen gets back. The next announcement is Hanging of the Greens. Um, on November 19th, which I believe is a Saturday, um, we're going to be meeting here at the church at 10 a.m. to noon to just start decorate what part of the sanctuary is available for that. Um, I know it'll look a little bit different this year with, you know, everything we have going on with construction, but we do still plan on doing a little bit with the space that we have. So if you would like to join us for that, please feel free to come on November 19th at 10 a.m. and help us make it look great. Um, for our Christmas offering this year, we're going to collaborate with the Daytona Beach Collaborative. Um, so this is people helping people. We're just helping the people in our community, especially after we've gone through two hurricanes recently, um, along with all the other needs that people need. Um, hopefully, Garen will be able to give you guys some more information on that because that's about all I know about it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> now we're going to go into our time of offering. Um, as you guys know, we, we really emphasize that offering it doesn't just have to be your money. It can be your time, your talents. It can be you praying for someone. Um, prayer is really powerful, we believe, in this church. So if there is something that you have to offer God in any way, whether it be a talent or your money or your time or your prayers, please consider doing that uh, to further enhance the kingdom of God. I'm going to say a prayer for our offering and then we'll begin. Dear Lord, thank you for gathering us here today. Thank you for letting us be the church family that we are, which is filled with caring people who love to help others. Um, I don't think I've personally ever seen such a generous church. Please continue to be with these generous people and guide them and lead them in their hearts to give whatever it is you're calling them to give. And bless that for your kingdom more than we could ever imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. God in heaven, your name is holy. Bring your kingdom to earth. Do whatever you see fit, Lord. As above, so below. Give us what we need for today. Forgive us for what we've done. And help us to forgive those who have wronged us. And keep us from evil. Everything is yours, God. Forever and ever. Well, we are actually taking a little break from the Lord's Prayer. As a pastor and his family, they are um, having some good time away to recoup, um, which is great because today's sermon is actually going to be about expectations. So, first of all, your expectations are completely messed up if you're expecting Lord's Prayer stuff. Expectations are tough, right? Um, I came in today and someone's like, hey, you must be preaching. You have shoes on. I like, I like sandals. I live from Florida, you know. Uh, you know, Ray probably had some expectations not met today. I didn't wear my 
my shirt. You asked us to wear the shirt, right? Well, I didn't. So I, I got one better, right? I did bring my vest. Can I wear my biker vest while I preach instead? My, I just wanted to mess with you and your expectations, Ray. All right, I get to sing. I might have grown since last time I wore it. All right, anyway, so there we go. Expectations are tough, aren't they? How many of you have had some expectations not met in life? Now I know how to show you every hand in the air. How many of you have had people that didn't meet your expectations? All right. So expectations are uh, an interesting thing. I've, uh, so I'm, I'm married. In marriage, there are expectations, right? So uh, marriage is probably about, I mean, I've lived around the world, had to eat weird things, learn other languages, and I'll say marriage is probably the easiest thing I've ever been through. I'm just kidding. Uh, and we got some newlyweds back here. They're like, whoa, what? So I actually, my, my wife and I, uh, at one, one point, we, we did some marital, we went, we didn't do it. We went through marital counseling, trying to figure stuff out. Like, this is tough. I'm like, I didn't get married until I was 35, lived on my own, all these different countries, all this stuff. And now I've got a boss. And I'm like, this is tough, you know. And one thing that the counselor taught me that really helped is where have your expectations been? Expectations can really mess things up. Now, as we talk about expectations and we are in a church building, we're going to talk about how that has to do with our faith. So what are the expectations on your life? Think about some of the expectations that are on your life. Uh, your family. Your society. I think society's ex- expectations today are you better have no expectations of anybody. Sometimes I feel like that. Uh, in your Christian walk with your Christian peers, your Christian family, are there expectations? Now, there are expectations of me uh, at this point. I am no longer a so-called traditional pastor, but I have been for a lot of my life. And being a traditional pastor, there are lots of expectations of what you're supposed to be, right? Let's just say I didn't do a good job with that. Uh, if you know me at all, I, don't, I didn't fit in there, but why are you smiling? Um, I am not naturally drawn to a lot of the things that lead to fulfilling the natural expectations of your traditional American pastor. Some of the things that are, I'm just not drawn to doing those kinds of things. So let's start out with a tough question, though, as we're talking about expectations in our faith. What does God expect from us? That is a tough one. Because I bet there is a whole variety of answers. And I bet as you've pastored across different denominations, each denomination and then each local congregation had different answers as to what God expects from us. I think we have unnecessarily complicated a lot of that, though. Before I go any further, let's think about something for a minute. Um, Who expects more from you? God or the people in your life? 
just started to contemplate that. It really threw me for a loop. Did God expect more from me? Or do the people around me expect more? And as I looked deeper into that, it got, uh, it got tough as your family expects things. Society around you. Let's talk about some recent examples from the past. This will be fresh on some of your minds. If you wore a mask, you were judged one way by one group. If you didn't wear a mask, you were judged another way by another group. Or there is the age-old question, to vax or not to vax? I think Shakespeare talked about that. And he said, that is the offensive question. As a minister, I wondered about this. Who expects more from me, God or the followers of God? We often look to rules, though, don't we, in the church? How many of you can say definitively in the church that you, if you grew up in church, or if you observed church, church was about do's and don'ts? Church was about do's and don'ts. We grew up with expectations. If you did those things, you were a good Christian. If you didn't do the right things, you're a bad Christian. Do's and don'ts, the expectations that came with it. Many of us grew up with that being the basis of who God was. We love rules. Are there rules that seem to summarize all of this stuff for us? Well, we like things simply spelled out, right? Like we like signs that say, don't touch wet paint. Oh, I can just follow that. Um, Don't speed. Well, there's a reason we don't speed. Because it's dangerous. And when it's spelled out and someone breaks, how many of you get mad when you're going the speed limit? Or two over, you're actually technically breaking the rules. But you're going two over and someone zips by you at 85. How many of you are like, oh, that rule breaker? You're the 85? This is Connecticut, right? Massachusetts, okay. They all drive, drive fast up there? Okay, all right. I'm from Oklahoma. We just laid back. So, I don't know, Kansas is probably pretty similar to that. You get your license at like 11 years old down there, right? You guys, yeah. Well, as we look at these simple things, these simple rules, the simple ways that God wants to live, we as Christians, we are very, very good at complicating them. Uh, I I worked at the Daytona Speedway for a while when I first moved here. And one thing I learned was about the NASCAR rules. NASCAR was kind of invented here. It actually was formed here in Daytona Beach. Uh, Bill France and his buddies, well, they had this rule book it was a tiny little, barely a couple pieces of paper. Do you know what that would look like today if they were to print out that NASCAR rule book? Hundreds and hundreds of pages. We take things and we make them more and more complicated, more and more rules, so much so that some people are like, eh, I'm done with this. Have we not seen our faith kind of become the same? As we have turned relationships into rules, let me read to you from Matthew 22, uh, verses 36 through 40. And uh, luckily God doesn't require me to memorize scripture, so I'm going to read this to you. Uh, it says, Teacher, 
And you'll know this one quickly. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Hey, God, Jesus, what is, uh, what's, the, what's the best rule? Which rule is better than all the other rules? So what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. We often skip over that last part. All of the law, the rules, the prophets, the, the guys, the rule, the rule teachers, they all hang on those two commandments. Let me go back to what I asked earlier. What does God expect from us? Love God with everything you've got and love your neighbor with everything you've got. And all the law, all the rules, everything that's ever been taught, all hangs on that right there. That uncomplicates things a little bit, doesn't it? You can wear earrings to church. It's okay. Did you grow up like that where you couldn't wear jewelry to church? Or at all? I knew of a guy that wasn't allowed to wear a wedding ring growing up in the church back in, I don't know, 1950s or so when he got married. Love God with everything you've got. Love your neighbor as yourself. Everything hangs on that right there. But what does it mean to love God? So we've got to break this down a little further. What does it mean to love God? What does it mean to love like God? Well, Scripture, time and time again, points to God's type of love being holy love. Now, how many of you, when I say the word holy, or if I were to take that to a, if you're not traditionally Nazarene, it may not make sense. They like to use a word called a sanctified, sanctification. When I say be holy, life of holiness, life of sanctification, how many of you think of do's and don'ts? I've thought about it a lot in my tradition growing up. If you're going to be holy, there's a lot of don'ts. Mostly don'ts. But God wants us to be holy. And we're told to be holy as God is holy. Quite often in Scripture. We have often mistakenly thought this means perfection. We've often thought be perfect like God is perfect. Now, how many of you have attained that point? But if you're honest, has your mind gone that way sometimes as you follow God? Hey, you need to be perfect. Now, what I read is you need to be holy. So, being holy, God's not saying be perfect. Because we're going to fail, right? Every single one of us is going to fail. The only people that I have ever known that claimed to be entirely sanctified. Now, I would say, not everyone has claimed that has been uh, like this. But many, 
who said, I am holy. I am entirely sanctified. They were often my, my bosses in the church world. And I will tell you, they were some of the most pompous, hard-to-be-around people I've ever been with in my life. It's okay to laugh. God is asking us to love him with everything we've got. To love our neighbors as ourselves. To be holy. To explore what holy love is. But he's not saying achieve perfection or else. Holiness, being holy, means to be set apart. Now we have taken be set apart and turn it into what? Don't be with sinners, right? How many of you have been told many times in your Christian walk, well, now that you're a follower of Jesus, you don't spend time with those types of people? Danny, where would Celebrate Recovery be if we lived Christianity like that? Wouldn't be there, right? Being holy means set apart. doesn't mean being set apart from those people. It means being set apart from sin. There are things that God says, this is not good for you. When you do this, you break relationship with me. He says, when you sin, you break relationship with others. Be set apart from sin. Now, this is a hard one, too. Um... I'll get back to that in just a little bit. I want to I want to talk to you about a, a book that. Uh, well, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't read the whole thing, but I read parts of it. Is that enough? But I got a quote from this. Uh, a lady named Deb Hirsch wrote this, and she says, "What is it about the holiness of Jesus that drew people to Him like a magnet?" So think about it. Holiness. This word that we often think of like as this ultra super fundamental legal type of Christianity. Jesus is holy. What is it about the holiness of Jesus that drew people to him like a magnet? Sinners, sinners of all sorts were drawn into his orbit. What is it about more churchy forms of holiness that seem to evoke the opposite response? Let me just interject here. You notice that? Churchy holiness often makes sinners say, I don't want to be around Christians. But Jesus' holiness drew sinners to him. Sinners seem to be repelled by Christians. That's one of the saddest things I've ever read, but it's true. Sinners seem to be repelled by Christians. They are certainly not rushing forward to hang out with us. I want to suggest that perhaps this is not holiness at all, but a counterfeit form of of moralism. Jesus shows us that one cannot achieve holiness by separation from the unclean, by separation from the sinner. The holiness of Jesus, it seems, is a redemptive, missional, missional meaning going out, world-embracing, not pushing away the world, world world-embracing Holiness that does not separate itself from the world, but rather liberates it. That is 
I got goosebumps, even though I've read that a hundred times. The holiness that we are called to does not separate us. The holiness we are called to embraces and redeems the world. How often have we seen this in this faith we call Christianity? So I come back to what are the expectations of God? Well, the the expectations of God, I think you'll find them exponentially more freeing than oppressing. You see, sin is the great oppressor. It is sin that oppresses. It's not God that oppresses you. Sin equals what? What are the wages of sin? Death. Sin equals death. Not just physical death. The death of a life that we were created for. So many great things. So many great relationships. The death of love. God wants us to be free. God does not want to oppress us. God wants us to live eternally. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. And He says, gave. Gave Him to be sacrificed. So that whoever believed in Him Whoever followed him would not die, even though physically we experience that. We, we all will. I haven't seen anyone who I've known beat that yet. But whoever follows him will not perish, will not die, but will have eternal life. When sin is a part of our life, And we do not embrace Jesus as the one who can set us free from that sin. Who can forgive us from the worst of sins. What will we eventually find? Death. Drew and I were talking this morning. Somewhat along these lines. And I said that is part of my motivation. That got me towards ministry, and now it's gone past, no matter what I do, I can't get away from this. If I meet people that have not been set free by Jesus, I know that they will meet an eternity without Jesus. We don't like to talk about sin in church anymore, do we? I'm trying not to offend too many people this morning. I have friends who are ministers, though, who are engaging in things that I would say are very much sinful. They're not here in Florida. They, they minister in other states where I've worked. But engaging in things that for almost all of human history have been sinful and wrong. But now somehow, love is love and all things are permissible. Sin equals death. 
And God didn't come to say, hey, follow these rules or else. God came to earth in the flesh to say, I want to set you free from this death. God isn't the creator of this moralism that many of us human followers of Christ have created. Realize the rules that we have created. God didn't create that stuff. He wants you to learn to accept his love and love him back. He wants you to learn that love is meant for others as well. If we are not missional in our loving, we do not know the love of God. This holiness he talks about, that's been a horrible word for most of my life. It's been an oppressive, restrictive word of rules and regulations. This is not what God called us to. This holiness he called us to, it is meant for us. It is meant for us, and we will be better because of it. And it is freeing. It is setting us free from oppression. As we embrace holiness, as we follow the plan that he has for us, we will become more who he created us to be. Have you struggled with being part of a group that claims to follow Christ, to, uh, that claims to follow Christ, but you, you've always felt you could never measure up to their expectations? I know I've been in that a lot of my life. Even as a complete insider in the church system, I always knew I was not measuring up to their expectations. And you know why? Because they would tell me I wasn't measuring up to their expectations. That's the advantage of being an insider. They'll just be honest with you. Not in a kind or friendly way, but... I don't measure up to the traditional church world. For the last few years, I've gotten to a point of, guess what? I don't care. I really don't care. We are called to be set free from sin, to fully accept his forgiveness so that we can have true life. But there is something else, and this is even harder. And as I looked in the mirror, this this really hit me. Have we been the ones with expectations? I can think back to very, very specific points in my Christian walk where I put my expectations on others of who I thought they should be in their walk with Jesus, of the rules they weren't following correctly, or even worse, the sins they had committed in the past but had already been forgiven for. looked at their past and said you're not as good as me because I've never done that have we been those types of Christ followers it is that kind of life that keeps sinners away if someone were to step in here and we were to say what you've done 
is too bad. You can't be forgiven in my eyes. Are we living a life of holiness that God has called us to? Now, there, you can go off in some crazy tangents about whether we just let anybody in anywhere. No, there's situations that you've got to, the safety is called for, right? But we have to be willing to forgive where God has forgiven. We often, as Christians, have expectations of people that not even God has of them. Think of someone right now that you might have expectations of that God is saying, I don't have those expectations on that person. Why do you? Now, does this mean anything goes? Well, no. God wants us to be set free from sin. We can lovingly help each other be set free from sin. But God ultimately just loves all of us. And in his love, he he made the ultimate sacrifice to show us his love. To say, no matter who you are, what you've done, you've been set free. Even if the expectations of others aren't met by you, you're still set free. Even if you don't become who your parents thought you should be, still set you free. Even if your spouse does not approve of what you have not become or have become, you are still set free. The freedom that comes through Christ and Christ alone is unlike anything else. And this, for many of us, including myself, this is not an instantaneous thing once you figure it out that the rules and regulations of our oppressive church culture aren't always what we were meant to have. Sin is the oppressor. Sin is the destroyer. And as we let God take care of that in our lives, we start to live out the Christ that we were always meant to live out. Now, one thing about this, not letting expectations affect you. Uh, I just want to make a little uh, disclaimer here. This doesn't apply to the work world. So if you were hired by someone and you don't meet their expectations, you're probably going to be fired. Just so you know. It's okay to lie here. But when it comes to Jesus, the expectations on our life so much different than what we have often said Christ is. I want us to work on our expectations of others. This week, as you meet someone who is not meeting your expectations, as you will, as we prob- I probably will today, I have not been rid of this expectation habit that I have of others. Consciously make a decision to say, out loud if you need to, but definitely internalize, what 
are God's expectations of me and what are God's expectations of this person? Remember, we were called to be set free by his love and we were called to embrace others with our holiness. If we are putting up barriers between us and those that we consider unclean, we're not living the life of Christ. If we are not living out Christ in such a way that people are attracted to Christ in us, we need to ask the question, are we living out the life of Christ? If we are the kind of people that say, I don't want to go there because of their rules, we're not living out the life of Christ. You will answer for who you are. The world will answer for who they are. Whether you believe in Jesus, whether you follow him or not, you will answer. I don't think there's anything more scripturally sound than that. You will answer for who you are and how you responded to God's call in your life. That is not meant to be a fearful thing. It is just a factual thing. And if I am wrong about that in Scripture, then, well, it's just a Christian free-for-all like I think we've kind of been heading towards in our world today. It's an unnatural way for just to accept people as they are. It really is. But we're going to have uh, our time of communion now. It is a very, very unnatural way for Jesus to act as he acted. Who willingly gives up their life to redeem people who hate them? How many of us would gladly give up our life for those who hate us? Don't worry, I think it's just a regular Sunday service. You're a little gun shy. So I'm going to have you come on up. Um, Spear, would you mind helping? Is that all right, buddy? And we're going to just share in the Eucharist and the communion. Um, I think that we're doing the old take and dip and eat method here. So we'll have you line up, come on up. But before we get there, I want to pray with you. And I want us to really, really just think through what does it mean to just have God's expectations on my life? What does it mean to be set free so much that the expectations of the world and the expectations that I've been taught in religion aren't really that important, but it is God's expectations on our life to just experience his love and be set free. So please line up and uh, I'll pray and we'll just enjoy this time of redemption together. Father, I'm still struggling to grasp how much you love me. I'm still a rule follower and a rule maker. But Lord, I pray that you help me to evolve more into a 
truth teller and a reckless love giver and that the holiness that you really are calling me to that I can lead, live through it in such a way that, that people are attracted to you and me. And I pray that we all become those who have you attracting within us. Lord, it breaks my heart that sinners are not drawn to us. Because it lets me know the truth of who I am when sinners aren't attracted to you and me. It lets me know the truth of the state of the church worldwide when sinners are not attracted to us. Lord, I pray that your spirit descends on us today. Make us a word that we can be set free from the oppression of a fake moralism. That we can be set free and just learn to love and accept love as you have always designed it to be, Father. I thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. I thank, I thank you that you have washed us white as snow and that we will live eternally with you as we claim you, God. We, we just owe so much to you. I praise you for everything. Amen. All right, please, if you want to, come on up. the cup here. Just grab one and, and dip and you're free to eat it right there.
some of you might be introverts and you wouldn't like it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely an extrovert. And so I love, I don't know, it's maybe it's selfish of me. I enjoy having every single person come on up here. And just, uh, I just love having that, that meal together. It's uh, satisfying in different ways. You know, I always wondered when, when Jesus was talking to people, and he'd be like, I've got a water that you'll never be thirsty again. I'm like, oh, that'd be great. You know, I used to work in Haiti. We were thirsty all the time. It was never enough. But here, this little, we call it the, the Lord's Supper. It is satisfying in, in ways that have nothing to do with the body. As I can look at each of you and say, I know God loves this person eternally. Without any type of disclaimer, he loves you. He doesn't say, I love this person, but he just says, I love you. Please stand with me. I want to thank God. And then Danny, I'd love to have you just uh, close. After I just say a quick word of, of blessing. Father, I am thankful for your love for this body of believers. And Lord, please, we beg you. Those with something we've never known before. This world seemed to have turned away from you. Even parts of your body seem to have turned away from you, Father. We pray that you would empower us, embolden us to live life as you have called us to live. We praise you for all the unexpected things that you show us. Lead us, Brother Danny. Be blessed. Go in peace. And please reach out if you need any help with anything uh, this week as uh, we are a great army to come together and get things done. Thank you.